thank you so much for checking out the Connect Church podcast. We hope you're encouraged and inspired by this week's sermon. So let's jump right in and check out this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Um, we are, uh, our, a lot of our team is out this morning. Uh, they have gone ahead of us to prepare the way for Beach Camp 2022. Uh, so we have uh, Pastor Anthony, his family, and a whole group of volunteers who are watching right now from uh, the beach who are out there preparing and getting everything ready for beach camp. One of those people is Trish. Now, if you know anything about our church, you know that Trish runs everything. And uh, Trish makes sure things happen. And so Trish texted me right before the service and told me that I had two more forms to pass out. And so literally, I'm passing these out because Trish is watching so that she knows that I did this. And so they're actually your forms right there. Okay, thank you. You're welcome, Trish. And so um, I just want to make sure that I did that so I don't get in trouble from my boss. And so uh, we are planning to go uh, to camp, which is going to be awesome. We, hey, listen, tomorrow morning, I know that many of you guys will be up around 4 a.m. Be praying for us. Uh, our students will gather here about 4.45 to get on a bus and leave. All of them will be angry, including their parents. And, uh, and we need your prayers. And it's going to be a great week. Uh, it'll be a fun week. It'll be a safe week. We don't do a whole bunch of pranks. We don't do a lot of that because I used to do that in high school. I was talking to one of my buddies. He, he visited this morning. His name's Ty Morrow. And we were able to hang out and kind of talk a little bit and talk about some fun pranks. This was back in the day when you could buy an entire live lobster at Walmart. Uh, which I don't understand why they would do that, but we would go and we'd always make a Walmart run. We didn't care about anything else, but we would buy a live lobster or a few. And I, you try to get back, getting that back on the charter bus. And we're sitting there and all of a sudden we would take different times during lunch and we'd go out there and we would break into the girls' room and put live lobsters in their showers. So needless to say, we have a no-pranking clause in our parent-student covenant, and we will send them home, okay? So if your kids are thinking about packing a lobster, we're not doing it. But be praying for our students as we uh, go to camp. It's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a great time. They're basically going to memorize the entire book of Galatians. It's going to be great. And so be praying for us that we don't get too burnt and all that kind of good stuff. It's going to be awesome. Uh, this morning, we're going to continue our series in Nehemiah. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 3 for part of the time. And then we're going to journey to Acts and Romans uh, and a little bit of Hebrews and some Matthew too. So we're going to be taking these canoe trips all over the place. Uh, but our home base is going to be Nehemiah chapter 3. Uh, we've talked about God-sized vision. Uh, it, it begins with the understanding that even in chaos, God is both at work and in control behind the scenes for his glory, for our good and the good of others. We talked about uh, God's sovereignty. We also talked about burden, that with great vision comes great burden uh, for what God has put on our hearts. And that uh, for the past few weeks, we talked about prayer, and that prayer is the power behind vision to bring it to fulfillment. And then uh, we see right here, last week, Pastor Anthony talked about that we've got to do this together. Uh, listen, there is no Rambo Christianity where you just go up into that place by yourself and just take everything down. It doesn't happen. You don't, hey, listen, the gates of hell prevail against you, right? But not as church. There ain't no Rambo water pistol guy going by himself. It doesn't happen. I watched Top Gun this past week with my wife. And I'll tell you right now, I can't give you the plot, but let's go back to the first one. Maverick could have taken down all those people by himself. I'm pretty sure if he just had water balloons in his airplane, he could have done it. The new movie, I mean, I was sitting there cheering. My wife was reading a book, and I was, I'm telling, I, was read, I was going, America! You know, it was like the 80s, and Ronald Reagan just came out of the screen. It was awesome. Thought about getting a mustache. Knew I'd look like Fat Mario, so I decided against it. 
And so, but man, it was, it was good. Listen, there ain't no mavericks in, in, in Christianity and trying to walk with Jesus. We don't do that. We don't do that. We must do this life together. And we look at Nehemiah, and Nehemiah's great task of rebuilding the wall, that he, he knew God had, was in control. He had a great burden. He prayed heavily about it. And now it was time to build. He knew that it would only be accomplished, not by himself, but together. And so we pick up where Nehemiah was, uh, where we ended last week, and it says this in Nehemiah chapter 2. It says, Then I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. Then it says this, I love this in verse 18, it says, Let us rise up and build so they strengthen their hands for the good work. Know this, that uh, the, the very vision that God may have in your life and the vision that God has for our church is not one that is just an easy task. It is difficult. It is difficult. We ain't never told you, and listen, if you've ever heard this, you've missed it, that following Jesus is just makes life easier. There's hard work that comes into that. Thank the Lord that Jesus did the hard work to save us. And he gives us grace and he gives us the power of his spirit to walk in. And he gives us the ability to do the works that he's called us to. But they're hard works. They're good works. They're necessary works. Well, rebuilding a wall is far different than putting a chain link fence around your half acre lot. Man, it's a big wall. It had a circumference approximately two and a half miles. It encompassed 220 acres, had 10 gates. This sucker was huge. They're now faced with, how do we build this? And so what they would do is, is that they would seek to build this together. And one of the things that's really hard when you're reading the Bible, let's just be straight up, it's a 2,000-year-old document. You know, 40-plus different authors, a few different languages, and we're sitting in 2022 going, teach me, right? It's hard. Uh, reading the Bible is not easy. Now, there's some phenomenal resources. You can find all those, infocc.org, under Bible study tools. Man, there's some great ways for you to learn how to read the Bible. But sometimes, I don't understand it, we can watch um, our favorite TV show nonstop for hours. But when we get to genealogies in the Bible, our body shuts down. It's like, no, I can't do it anymore. I just hit a wall, can't function, can't do it. Bill begat Stan, and Stan begat Billy, and Billy begat Bilba. And listen, it's hard. But it's really awesome, and it's helpful. This, chapter 3 of Nehemiah, reads kind of like a genealogy. If you just read through it, you're going to be uber bored, and you're going to go, man, got nothing out of that. I bet God didn't even mean for that to be in the Bible. And you're sitting there going, I don't No, listen. This is of great use to us. This is of great use to us, and I encourage you to read it this week because you're going to see something that translates to us. Because here's what we talked about last week is that Pastor Anthony talked about the practical, uh, he talked about the power of together. Today we talked about the practical of together. What does that look like for you and I in 2022 with the great vision that God has given us? And so when we read Nehemiah chapter 3, we're going to see some stuff. And this matters. There's a lot of names and a lot of families and a lot of individuals and groups that came together to help build this wall. So I'm going to give you a taste. I'm going to give you the first, few, uh, first four verses of chapter 3, and then we're going to walk through and kind of give you an idea of what the entire 32 verses looks like. All right, so uh, verse 1, Nehemiah chapter 3 says, 
Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests, and they built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and set its doors, and they consecrated it as far as the tower of the hundred, as far as the tower of Hananel. And next to him, the men of Jericho and, uh, built, and next to them, Zachar, the son of Imri, built. The sons of Hassaniah built the fish gate, and they laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts, and its bars. And next to them, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz, repaired. And next to them, Meshulam, the son of Berechiah, son of Ashivabel, repaired. That one always gets me, but I've been, been practicing. And next to them, Haddock, the son of Benaiah, repaired. That's all 32 verses, just over and over again about families repairing and names that just make you want to go, that's, where, are they from Cock County? Like, what is that? And you go, man, just a ton of different names and a ton of different uh, people and their friends and their kids. And, and next to them, you have these other people. And you go, why do they have to have that in there? And I think we're, we see something beautiful in that the, the Scripture is God-breathed and it's profitable for us. And so I believe because God's Word says so, that chapter 3 is profitable for us because we see the practical, what it looks like to come together for the vision that God's given us. You know, they brought in a ton of different builders because if even you read right here and you read throughout the 32 verses, you're going to see something. There, there were a ton of different builders. You had families and individuals. On very, uh, the very first verse, Eliashib, the high priest, is building. Listen, he's the high priest. He could have easily said, no, 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 listen, I'm the high priest. I don't build. I do sacrifices. You bring your animals, hey, we'll get them up, we'll get them ready, and we'll make sure that you're good before the Lord. That's what I do. I, hey, I'm the high priest. I don't build walls. No, no, rather, he gets his hands dirty, and what happens? His brothers, the priests, they follow after him. And you see, listen, the high priest is out there. You have goldsmiths who are out there. You have perfume makers, which by the way, if you're like me and you're super, you're a super Christian, when you think about perfume makers, you and I all think about the same person. The movie Elf. And when he first gets into gimbals and he's just overwhelmed, or he's wherever he is, and he's just overwhelmed. He's sitting there with his new little half-brother and sitting there and he's just, man, look at all this beautiful stuff. And he walks up and that lady goes, would you like to uh, have a, a, like a sample of this fruit spray? And it was perfume. And he goes, oh, fruit spray? And he grabs it, he sprays into his mouth and begins to gag. I picture that woman is building the wall here in Nehemiah's time. And so you have a perfume maker who's there. Uh, you have, listen, not just like your peasants in your perfume. No, you have rulers of districts and half districts. You have Levites and merchants. Even the daughters of one ruler were involved in the difficult work. Listen, you had men and women from different uh, socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, from different trades with different gifts, all coming together for the sole purpose of building the wall. It was beautiful, and they were right next to each other. They were right next to each other, and they were building. I love this map um, that, talk, that shows this. Now, listen, you're not going to be able to see this well, and that's okay. Uh, this is a, a map of the walls that were built by the different individual families and their families and the people who are right next to them, and I love this. They were just side by side. The rich next to the poor, the rulers under those who were ruled, the perfume makers and the goldsmiths, the high priest, it did not matter what your role was. And you were building. Now, there were a few who did not build, and we'll talk about those in a later sermon. But they built, and 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 they built, all right next to each other. 
And we see that and we go, man, there was a vision that could only be accomplished when God's people came together for the joint work saying, I've got this gift. I don't have your gift, but I've got this gift. And I, well, I've got this different gift and I don't have this much money, but you'd, and we're just going to come together and we're going to give our lives to the great task building this wall. Well, we see the very same thing in the New Testament, that we may not be building walls. And how does this translate to us? We may not be building walls, but God has given a great vision for something that he is building. In Matthew chapter 16, we see that, that Jesus is talking with his disciples. He said, who do you think I am? Who, who do people say that I am? And he'd go through it, and then he'd say, Peter would finally go, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus would say, I tell you that you're Peter on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me tell you something, church, that that is exactly what God is building. God is building his church, not a brick and mortar building, but rather a people from all different backgrounds coming together to make much of Jesus, that the church is an outpost of the kingdom, that God is placed in all over the world, some in houses, of great fear of persecution, some that are small and some that are ginormous, some that are here with all the freedom in the world, be able to come here and worship. That we are here that God has placed his church for the sole purpose of the advancement of the kingdom, that we would love one another, we would love others outside these walls, and we would take forth the good news of the gospel, and we would put darkness out of business, and we would push back with the great light of Jesus. That's what we're called to do. And that's what he's building. And how did he choose to do it? With you. With me. With people who have past that if we were to throw them up on the screen would make everybody blush. And with struggles that you just don't understand. Why in the world would he choose to build his church with imperfect people? Because wow, how glorious is our God. That he would, he would say, no, no, I'm not going to just get rid of these people and bring in my own. No, I'm going to actually redeem these who have rejected me. I'm going to redeem those who have gone against my ways. I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to put my spirit in them. I'm going to call them a son or a daughter. And I'm going to give them a purpose and be about my business. The church is born. So God builds his church. God builds his church just like Nehemiah is building this wall. And how does he build his church? It cannot happen. God's great plan to redeem the world, it does not happen apart from you and I locking arms and making much of Jesus. Pastor Anthony talked about that he's got about 20, 25 years left being the pastor here at this church. We're Kindles. If you look at our lineage and you look at our pre-existing conditions in our family and our hearts, we don't have good hearts. They just don't run well. And with my, my infatuation with uh, Bluebell, I mean, I got 40 years left on the planet. All right? And so, like I, like, I totally get it. We don't have much time left. I mean, honestly, you look on the grand scheme of history, your life is a blip on the screen. What are you going to use it for? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to waste it letting church be a hobby? Listen, if church is your hobby, get a boat. Like, do something better. Listen, church is a terrible hobby. Buy a really nice boat or maybe take up golf or yoga or like goat yoga, something like that. I don't know. Do something different. 
Listen, if, if, if church is merely something that you come and you absorb and sit and go, okay, that's it, and then you don't think about it again, it doesn't change your life, it's, you're, not about, it's, you're not about the mission, it's a, just a hobby. It's a really bad hobby. I mean, don't waste your time. If, if this is just a hobby, get a lake, get a boat. That's just free. But anyways, I, like, but if you're serious about following Jesus, I mean, if you're serious about what God has called us to, we need to understand how God is building the church practically. What does that look like? And then we need to get involved in it. And we need to be a part of it. Darkness seems like it's ever increasing. But we know it doesn't stand a chance when the church gets together. So how is the Lord building the church? Well, one, he's doing it by bringing all different sorts of people together. You saw this in Nehemiah's case. You got the high priest. You got, you got the pastors and the priests of the time. You got goldsmiths, perfume makers, rulers, men, women, young, poor. All that. God's bringing us together. The reason that you're here at this church is not by accident. Listen, if you're a follower of Jesus at this church right now, you are here for a purpose. Romans 12 would tell us this. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So though, uh, though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if, prof if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, uh, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, and the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. You know what God's doing? He's bringing all of us together. All of us come from different backgrounds. All of us come from uh, different parents. Some of y'all got broken families. Some of y'all families are whole. Some of you guys grew up in church your whole life. Gave your life to Jesus at a young age and been following him faithfully. Not perfectly, but faithfully all your days. Some of y'all, man, life has been a roller coaster and it wasn't until later on in life you found Jesus. And you're a young Christian. You're in your 40s. Some of you guys are strong Christians in your 20s. Listen, we all come from different stuff. Some of us have uh, struggles that we're still struggling with. Some of us have overcome a whole lot. Some of us have medical issues that we're going through. Man, we've come all from a different place, so different socioeconomic, ethnicities. God's bringing us all together here to do a great work. Man, I'm so glad that we're all, not all eyes. We're not all ears. We're not all mouths. But God has gifted us. He's brought you here. I want you to know this, that God has brought you here with the passions that you have that are stirred deep in your soul. With the gifting that he has given you. Listen, some of y'all are the most smiley, welcoming people in the world. You, mean, I just, you just want to hug people and everybody loves you and you make everybody feel so welcome. And some of you should never go near the welcome desk, okay? Uh, evidently, those muscles in your face just didn't develop right. And, and, and smiling is just... It's just not yours, okay? Man, some of you guys can sing the walls down, and you need to be using that gift for the glory of God. Some of you, you just need to kind of, you know, just kind of go back and forth, and that's about it, okay? Nothing else, that's okay. That's okay, that's okay. You don't have to, don't hurt yourself, okay? Hey, be kind to your neighbors. And so, now listen, God's brought us together with all the differences that we have. He's brought us together 
Not all perfect, but all coming from sketchy past and brokenness with our own sins and vices. Ultimately being redeemed by the grace of the, the very King of kings and the King of the universe who loves us and, and gave himself so that we may have life and that we would live this life together. And he brought us all from different backgrounds, all different kinds of people. God's building his church when we worship together. This is good. This is good. Acts 2.46 tells us this, that day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. The early church, man, they met day by day in the temple. They gathered together. It is good for us to do this. You can't be this Christian who says, no, I've got Jesus, I don't need the church. That's broken theology. We need one another. You need someone to carry your burdens with you. And you need to carry somebody else's burden. It's good for us to get together. It's good for us to sing out with all of our might. Because when you and I sing out with all of our might, with our hearts turned towards Jesus, lifting up his praise, the enemy starts freaking out and starts starting to fortify its gates and tries to get everything ready. Because remember, the gates of hell don't prevail, but they're going to sure try. When you and I sing the praises of our King, and when you and I, with one voice, lift up the mighty name of Jesus, it is a battle cry that shakes all of hell. That comes from the church. God's building us for a purpose. And when he builds us, when we gather together to worship, he's building his people up. When we get down into the word and we spend time, we look at the text and we see what God had written to us. What he had written in, in what the Nehemiah's account, and we see what, what God had done through generation and generation, and we see God's goodness and his character, and we see what he has desired for his people. It is good for us. It builds us. It's like Nehemiah chapter 2 when it says they strengthen their hands for the good work. When you and I get together and we laugh together and we cry together and we, and we carry each other's burdens, we sing together and we learn together. Man, it strengthens us. For the great work that God has purposed for us to do. He also does this uh, when we get in small groups. In connect groups. And you go, oh man, now he's making a play for connect groups. Yeah. That's where you find community. That's where you're able to take the bigness of a service and bring it down. I, I tell you that Acts 2.42 tells us that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. And the breaking of bread and to prayers. Listen, if, depending on what translation you have. And if it was translated correctly, um, the early church was Baptist. And that's only because they always ate together. Um, they always ate together and they had good food and they broke bread. Uh, man, they would eat together and they would get together and they would laugh together. They would weep together. They would pray together. They would spend time in God's word, not just to do a fellowship meal. There was a Bible. Uh, they, would, they would learn about the teaching of Jesus. They would pray together. Why? Because they knew they had a great purpose. They knew that when Jesus says, go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, and surely I'll be with you to the end of the age, they knew that wasn't an option. But rather, it was the very purpose of the church to push back darkness and to make much of Jesus in the world that they live in, and that they would only accomplish that together. My wife, I love my wife, and, and uh, we're in a connect group, and, uh, and uh, it, it's great. We love connect groups. We have lots of different connect groups that meet all over the uh, county in different places at different times. And uh, you can find out more. Going to give you like a little, little hint here. Uh, the blue card that's sitting on every other seat is a next steps card. Because we want this service to lead now to action here in a little bit. Because some of you need to find community. I mean, you've been serving. Maybe you're someone who's been serving here. 
but you don't have a connect group to belong to. We always talk about a role in a relationship. You need a relationship. Listen, if you think you're just gonna come here and, and connect church is gonna be the church for you because you simply come here and sit in our seats, I mean, you missed it. We're not that church for you. I mean, you need to be in community. I mean, you need to come here. We need to worship together, and then you need to gather with a group of people. And you need to study God's word together. And you need to grow. Listen, my wife and I, um, I love our connect group because connect groups are not just where you guys come, like share surface level stuff. We had somebody in our connect group go, hey, Dominic's going to camp. You guys need a date night. We're taking your kids. I'm pretty sure I should call the police. They took our kids. They're like, hey, listen, you guys need to go on a date. You know why? Because they care for us. Even when we don't know to care for ourselves. Like, that's what they do. They care for one another. We've got, we've got uh, church, uh, we, got, we got group members who have kids who are, who are dealing with some stuff. And so we're praying and we're laying hands and we're calling on the Lord to heal. And we're, we're just doing so much. Because why? God's building his church. And he's doing it through the corporate gathering, but also in connect groups. Uh, he's going to do it this week during beach camp. Um, listen, by the way, all of us leave. All of us leave, except for Nikki. Hey, Nikki, can you raise your hand real quick? That's Nikki. She's covering her face with the Bible. Uh, Nikki's going to literally be the only staff member left here. So uh, if the church goes under, it's on Nikki, okay? Um, our entire staff leaves this week to go to camp. And we're going to invest in students. And we're going to get them in small groups. They're going to take the sessions we talk about. And listen, we're going to preach the walls now. It's going to be awesome. We're going to worship together. But sometimes some of the greatest work God does is in small groups. And so... Being here at Connect Church, you need to find a connect group. Because, listen, Jesus was the one who goes against every church growth metric in the world. He could have had everybody. He kept talking people out of following him. His closest group was not a million. It was 12 guys, and most of the time it was like three or four. Small groups matter. Connect groups matter. You need to find a place where you can connect. Practically, what does it look like to advance the kingdom, to push back darkness, for God to build his church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against? It's you and some friends and some family getting into small groups, talking about the Bible, praying for one another, and being faithful to what the book says. So he grows us in these corporate gatherings. He grows us in groups. But also when we serve one another and those outside the church. Listen, we are a body. We have many members. And I love this in Acts 2, 43 through 45. It says this. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. Listen, the early church was one who said, we're going to meet needs. We're going to serve together. We're going to serve one another because, listen, when you and I serve one another, it allows the dying world outside this place to see that there's something unique and divine almost happening in this place where people are loving one another. And how is the world going to know that we're his? It's by the way that we love one another. I mean, we're going to love and we're going to serve one another. You know what that means? It means welcoming people when they walk into this place. It means going and taking somebody to a doctor's appointment. It means that we're going to go and, and we're going to serve coffee. Listen, all y'all got hot coffee in your hand because people got here super early to do that. I mean, it comes with serving and, and taking care of one another and meeting needs. This place is a safe place for us to exercise our gifts and to serve one another. To care for one another. Listen, on that next steps card, you're going to see a ton of different areas. Man, we need, more, we need more children's teachers. Aaron needs more teachers. I'll tell you right now, I'm just going to make a, sh a shameless plug. I'm a student pastor. 
If I said, hey, I need volunteers, I'd have 15 women show up immediately. I rarely get any guys. I'll tell you right now, the culture hates our young men. I need good, strong, Jesus-loving men to invest in the lives of our students. You have that gift. You have, uh, you have that desire, that passion. The Lord has brought you here for a reason. We've got so many different areas inside the church you can serve. Not only that, we've got different areas outside the church. We've got like four billion mission partners. Go talk to David Husky. He's got tattooed on his arm. He'll tell you every single one of them alphabetical order. We have so many different places that we're serving. So many people, I mean, on Impact Saturday, serving the, the, those uh, homeless ministry and, 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 and widows. And, and there's so many different things our college ministry is doing. And we just met with a, a guy who's doing ministry in South Africa and is reaching some 46 different unreached people groups. Man, we're, we're not only here, but all over the world. We want to make sure that we are not just confined inside the event center at the Ridge, but rather we're a people who are mobilized to take the good news of the gospel out into our community, serving in lots of different areas. Some of you guys have giftings where you can build stuff and do stuff. I got none of that. I saw a guy who goes to our church, he was in the first service, he built a chicken coop. I've got no idea. I mean, might as well teach me Mandarin. I got nothing. You guys have some incredible giftings. And God has gifted you. He's given you passions and desires that honor him to help build up his church. I mean, you need to find a place to serve both inside and outside the church. I mean, you need to find a place. Listen, we are a body with different members. Listen, some of you guys are kidneys. Some of you guys are eyes. Some of you guys are fingernails. Some of you guys are eyelashes. Some of you guys are, uh, are mouths. Some of you guys are noses. And listen, can I be honest with you? Whatever parts you play here is important. But can I tell you what we don't have time for? Skin tags. You know what I'm telling you? Hey, listen. Hey, useless and most of the time irritating. That's not what we have time for. Listen, some of you have been going, God, I, I, I just like to come. Listen, I just need to love me some more. God, I just need to love me some more. Show me anywhere in God's holy scripture he ever says you need to love yourself some more. Listen, God desires for you and I, since he's redeemed us and he sells breath in your lungs, for us to live the rest of the days that we have, making much of Jesus together and using the gifts that he's given us. Goodness gracious, we need to be functioning on all cylinders. We need, listen, we need to get our booties off the sidelines and get in and start serving and sowing and working. It's not going to all happen today, but it's going to happen day after day of faithfully choosing to follow the Lord and love one another and love the lost. And then the next day, faithfully following the Lord, loving one another, and loving the lost. And before too long, you have a legacy. And our church has a legacy of loving the Lord loving others, and seeing darkness being defeated and the lost being saved. What a legacy to believe. Your boat's going to rust. Most of your kids are not going to become D1 athletes. What are we investing our lives in? What are we saying, this is, this is the purpose in which I will give the remainder of my breath it's only the mechanism of the church. It's, the only, it's only the mechanism of the church in which the gates of hell can't prevail and where God sends forth this gospel to the ends of the earth. A whole bunch of messed up individuals coming together, using their gifts and their passions to make much of Jesus. Who would have ever thought it? I wouldn't have done it that way. I totally would have sent angels.
swords and stuff. He uses me, he uses you. So what does this mean for us? One, God's vision for his church is worth being bought into. And he's brought you and your family or your singleness or whatever it is. He's brought you with your sketchy past, your brokenness and your vices, being redeemed by the grace of Jesus, giving you new life and allowing you to breathe. He's brought you here for a purpose. Not only that, he desires for us to worship together, to lift high the name of Jesus, and you're already doing good at that. You're here this morning. And he desires for us to go from this place and throughout the week gather in groups and to, and to meet together. Listen, I love groups. I love them. Why? Because we got people who are meeting together just to talk about how can we disciple our kids when the culture wants to turn them into anything but Jesus. Man, how do we disciple our kids? Man, my, I, mean, I want to get together with a group and talk about how we can strengthen our marriages. How can I, as a, uh, as a man, walk faithfully with the Lord and have a Christ-centered masculinity? Man, how can I, as a woman, grow in Christ Jesus and know what it looks like to be a woman after God's own heart? Like These are the things that we do in groups. How can we know and understand and be biblically literate and know what the truths of God say. We need to be a people who gather in groups. And we also need to be a people who serve. Listen, we, we need you. We can't just have our kidneys sitting there not working. We need you working. Why? Because though, it, though we all have different tasks, we're all in this. From pastors to cameramen to people who greet you, for the people who keep finding all that Laffy Taffy out there and giving it to your kids, we're so sorry. For children's ministry workers, the people who are doing things in these back rooms with, with boards that I couldn't even begin to fathom. For those who are making much of Jesus while singing in a choir or playing in the band. We've got to serve one another. We need our body functioning, man, at 100%. I want you to know this. If you just want to be the person who comes and sits on the sidelines and says, no, no, I'm not going to get involved with what God's doing here in his body or outside these walls, I want to encourage you. We have a ton of churches uh, that we would love to introduce you to because you're not going to feel comfortable here. And uh, we, we want you to know, we want you serving, and we'll find a place, and we'll find a place. Or maybe you have a passion, a desire for something we've never even thought of. Let's figure out how we use God's gifting and God's bringing you here to make much of him. But remember, we don't do this solo. One of my favorite things, one of the things that stuck out to me in Nehemiah chapter 3, in the 32 verses that are there, 15 times, 15 times in those 32 verses, it would say this. Eliashib built this section of the wall next to him was this person, and next to him was this family, and next to him was this group, and next to him was these people, and next to them were these people, and next to them were these people. And listen, the wall was built when those people next to each other, though they come from different backgrounds, have different preferences, they gather together from rich for poor, listen, from, from those who have the gift of perfume to those who can make gold, all the different things, they were side by side. They were next to each other. And they were utilizing their gifts, arms locked, getting ready to build what God had placed on their hearts to build. You and I do not do this solo, but we do it rather next to one another. Man, what a beautiful thing God would call us to. And what a worthy task to give our lives to. If you turn on the news, 
If you get on Facebook for 13 seconds, you see and it looks like darkness is creeping in. You look at things like what happened in Texas and Buffalo and all these different places. It looks as though darkness has the upper hand. It doesn't. God has given us to each other that here in this place that God's kingdom would come and his will would be done in Sevier County. In Texas, Uvalde. In China, in India, in Pakistan. He has put his church so that his kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're part of that. So let's stop sitting on the sideline and waiting for your pastors to do it or missionaries to do it. Rather, let's get in the game. Let's give our lives to it. And listen, we're gonna mess up. Oh man, we're gonna fail you so bad. Man, we're gonna mess up so bad. But we're gonna do so arms linked. We're gonna help each other up and we're gonna dust each other off. We're gonna go, hey, let's do this. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you can stay up to date on our services. If you'd like to give to support our ministry, you can do that at our website. That's connectchurchpf.com. Hope you enjoyed and have a great week.